Whether it's talk about the state of hockey. Just conversing about the world of professional wrestling. Oh my god! You know what? You just made the list! Oh no! Oh, here we go. Or other pop culture phenomenon. Rob and Dave give you, the listener, their uncensored opinions on the High Sticks and Super Kicks podcast. The first period starts right now. Ladies and germs, episode number 40. I hope we recorded me saying that before we hit, turn the mics on. <laughs> no, why would I? High Sticks and Super Kicks podcast, your home for the perfect blend. Hockey and professional wrestling, talk with your pals, Bobby and Dave. Really should lose my uh, Boston accent, huh? People it's having... not very trendy right now. No, and those tears taste so good, don't they? <laughs> it sucks, wicked bad, <laughs> wicked bad. Congratulations. I'm just, just going to get myself a lobster roll and Sam Adams and just have myself a good beer. Maybe go down the Quincy Market in my car. That's, me, the, that's me making fun of all of my college roommates now. But those fucking blues. I hate all them goddamn blues. I hate them. They play dirty. You know, they just fucking slash and they, they, they keep fucking just getting it on. You I know? hate St. Louis. I hate their players. I hate the way they play. I wish I got my Nomad bat and just fucking beat the living piss out of them. <laughs> How do you like them apples? I, I, I just hate them. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Talk about Pizza the Hut. Good Lord, dude. Come on. Fucking sour grapes. Jesus Christ. Well, congratulations, St. Louis Blues. You have won your first Stanley Cup championship. Where are you going? The, the Anheuser-Busch the factory. <laughs> just pump it into my veins. I'll tell you what. It, it, if you're not a hockey fan. Right. I don't know why you're fucking listening to us, hmm. but Wrestling. if you're not a hockey fan, <laughs> this was the most non-entertaining playoff, like finals. And I'm sure if you're in St. Louis and you're in Boston, you know, it was it was entertaining. But as far, and I think I texted you about it, like, or one of my other friends, I said, like, there was no snarl in this. Like, even when Sunquist hit the guy from behind and it, it was a cheap shot and whatever. There was no fight afterwards. There was no good like. No, it's like he got, he got his penalty after the game. He got suspended for a game. He got, the game was over and then the next game happened after that. There was no, the, yeah, there was nothing. There, were, there was no scrums in front of the net like someone poking the goalie. There was no, you know, shit talking between the benches. It was just two good teams playing hockey against one another and... What it really came down to is the goaltending, Bennington. He played on his head. The last game, on game seven. Especially the third period. Oh, yeah. Him, and the like, first period. Him and Rosk were great for that, that 
or, at least, or at Rask, at least for the first half of it. But that third period when they all came out, they were just making freaking like Brodor saves left and right, and you're like, yep. holy shit! Even though they're losing, holy shit! And and that that's a good description, Brodor like saves, it's because when you look at this St. Louis team mm-hmm. and the way they played that game seven. <laughs> I thought I was watching, and maybe it's because Larry Robinson is the assistant coach. Ten times he has, he has ten Stanley Cup rings. Was it five for each player and then coach? I think he has more than five as a player. But he's got ten, all 95, ten. Yeah. 2000, 2003. 2003, and I don't know if he was... I know he was part of the Sharks. I know he was part of the Kings, too. So I don't know if he got any in on the Kings. But anyway... You watch that game seven. That game seven was like watching a devil game in 95. You know, it, it was it was very, their goalie made the big saves when he had to. Their defense, again, led by a stud, Peter Angelo, Scott Stevens, Niedermeyer like. Pew, pew, Angelo. Okay. Then you have their, St. Louis's forwards. They had two shutdown lines and two scoring lines, and their shutdown lines stopped Boston's top two lines, and that's why Boston lost. For for the uh, sports radio talk folks in, in Boston who hate St. Louis and hate the way they play, it's like, okay, well, St. Louis shut you down, yet Boston didn't have any comeback. They just kept getting shut down. Well, I and mean, like, and when Boston won the cup, what was it, in 13 or 11? When Boston, they did the same thing to Vancouver. They beat the living piss out of them. You had Nathan Horton, you had uh, Lucci, you know, like those guys were beating the piss out of the Sedins. It's it's just I short term memory loss up there yeah. in Boston, you know, and 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 Marshan just being emotional and fuck him. <sighs> played hard, yeah. You played hard with the guys, sure, sure you did, but playing hard. Versus you, you lost games. You got your ass kicked in Game Seven. You didn't lose Game Seven. You got your ass were, kicked in Game he Seven. He was he was invisible. That whole top line, and I get it. They're hurt. Like, you know, they they had injuries, and Bergeron came out and said that he's you know he's battling beat an up. injury yeah. and beat up and whatever. Ryan O'Reilly broke one of his ribs against Dallas. So think about that. That was the second round. Then he played the Sharks. In tough, the third round, and team. then the fourth round. So, I mean, every at this point, if you're making it to the finals, your body is bruised and battered. Even if you haven't gotten into the game, just from practice alone, your body's beat up. Mm-hmm. Well, so, I mean, cry me a river there, Brad. <laughs> go eat your cheese, pal. Fucking rat. So, again, thank thank goodness the, it's over because now it's our turn. <laughs> We're, for a, for a week, it's all about us. We're tied for number one in the nineteen twenty season, <laughs> but not even before that. It's all about us for the whole fucking week. Well, <laughs> when's the award ceremony? I don't know. Soon, day or two, whatever. I don't know. Probably is tomorrow. Yeah, some. Can't wait some. to watch that. That's that's a ratings grammar for the NHL. Maybe they'll have a magician again. Oh. I think that might have been our first show last year. Was maybe, after the award ceremony. Maybe. Hey, it's coming up on Annie. Yeah. Ooh, where's the party beer? Yeah. Anyway. As I drink a frozen 
pink lemonade. Yeah, I'm having some unsweetened tea. We are old and gay. <laughs> Happy Pride Month, folks. All right, on to some crease to crease. Not that there's anything wrong with Absolutely that. Absolutely not. Seinfeld, the Seinfeld reference. <laughs> not that there's a, and I used to say that all the time. Not that there's anything wrong with that. So our crease to crease segment. Uh, last week we talked about if Taylor Hall isn't going to resign with us, I would hope he's a gentleman and lets Ray know before the draft. So I put together kind of what would it take, what would we be looking for in a trade deal if we traded Taylor Hall, the Devils traded Taylor Hall. Now, in that type of scenario where it's like you get the sense, right, or at least Taylor Hall says, I'm like 60-40 on not re-signing, okay? See ya. See ya. Um, satellite love. Um, sure. Bring it all together on non-recording times. So would you even give Hall half a season? Nope. It, it would be, thank Gonzo. you. Thank you. Thanks for your service. You know, you'll go down in our history as our first MVP, but we cannot have you as a distraction okay. as a distraction That's for our young kids. So even if it was like 60-40 and it's one of those, can we change it to 40-60 by, I, by good play by, by trade deadline? I would, I, no, I wouldn't even go for a trade deadline. If, I would say, what are your odds right now if I'm Ray? I would say, what are your odds right now of re-signing with us? Now, if this was a real conversation, would this be to Taylor Hall or would this have to be to his agent? I, I would go right to Taylor Hall. Okay. I would say, you know, let's go out to dinner. He's obviously in New Jersey. There was videos of him playing video games against him and Brodeur playing somebody. I would say, let's go out to dinner. I'd bring Brodeur with us. Because he's our business guy. Sure. <laughs> business lunch, right? <laughs> and I'd say, okay, what what are your odds? And you say, all right, he's 60-40 thinking about leaving. Mm-hmm. And I would turn around after the appetizers and say... Check, please. <laughs> no, I'd say, okay, what could we do to convince you to stay? Right. And if he turns around and says, like, well, you know, it, it's really just more about me testing the the market and seeing what people want from me blah 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 Mm -hmm. i'd say look we're going to give you a very competitive offer if that's not enough because you want to be on a team that can win a championship well then we're going to have to do what's best for new jersey and we're going to look into options at the draft to get rid of you or i'm sorry get rid of you is probably harsh yes we're going to look at our options at the draft concerning you And he, and you have to say like you have to be business. You're always right. You're always going to be welcomed here. You're always going. You're going to go down in history as the only player at this time to win the MVP as a New Jersey Devil. You know, we're not going to ship you off somewhere where you're not going to. We're going to look for what's the best option. What are we going? What What's best for us and what's best for you? So what I thought of is something that would be musts is one we we have to get a first at least a first round pick because Taylor Hall is still a superstar in this league that that's that's his whole oh it, he's yeah, in his prime yes. yeah he's in his prime so if we could get at least a first round pick in this year's draft that would be awesome because then maybe we could move up fuck it look at look at the teams in the top ten and just say you <laughs> you want in. <laughs> Hey, hey, Dallas. Yeah, but it comes down. To, it comes into cap space. 
but which wouldn't be our responsibility to sign him. But hey, they, hey, they'd have to be able to fit $6 million. Hey, Rangers. No. No? No. No fucking way. <laughs> you don't want the first they two wouldn't picks do it. They wouldn't do it. And we, what is this, that Cleveland Browns movie with Kevin Costner where he trades all of his first-round picks? Um, yeah. Hey, if, we could, if we could possibly get another top 10 pick, mm-hmm. that would set up our future core for four years. So you figure Hughes, Nico, whoever else we would have drafted in that first round with Hall's pick, mm-hmm. plus our other draft picks. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's you're looking at four core players that'll be on your team within the next three years. I mean, Hughes is definitely going to be on our team next year. Mm-hmm. All right, two, we would need a top six forward to replace Hall. Someone that could play top six minutes. Um, I, I can't give you any names off the top of my head, but we will later. Um, we, you know, we played a lot of last season without Taylor Hall. So hopefully with a mentally prepared Corey this year and a he- mentally, I mean, physically healed Corey, mm-hmm. we should be better. I mean, there were, I think I can't go back and look at the statistics, but if you look at the, uh, the amount of one goal games we lost, without Taylor Hall and without Corey playing in his Corey fashion. Mm-hmm. I mean, you take half of those and we're maybe closer. I mean, I don't think we'd, it would put us in a playoff spot, but it would definitely. Right. Uh, the third thing we would need if we're not getting a top six forward to replace Hall is, is a, a top, top three defenseman. Mm-hmm. You know, we, we need to get a blue chip defenseman. I mean, I think Ty Smith is going to be a blue chipper. But, for you, us? but you just can't have enough. That's what they no, say, right? You can't defense have enough wins defense championships. Wins. Look at, I mean, look at Boston. Granted, Chara wasn't at his best, but you've got McAvoy, you've got Krug, you've got Chara. Um, why am I going blank here? You got John Moore. Um, but you, you've did got. He, did, did he play in Game Seven? He did. He played. He did? Okay. Yeah. But he sat for most of those. No, he played a lot of the finals. When what's his name? Grizzlick. Grizzlick's a good puck moving young defenseman. Okay, you look at St. Louis, Peter Angelo, Paranko. Like, we don't have that. We don't have one stud on defense. So, defense wins championships. But we would need a top six forward or a top three defensemen. Three defensemen and, and a, a first pick. round pick. And throw in, a, you know, sprinkle in some other, you know, I, conditional I draft picks. Yeah, like mid, like mid, like if he resigns, yeah, mid round, this kind of stuff. Yeah. So, what could we legitimately get for Taylor Hall? And I only picked five teams here Mm -hmm. that could a be on the cusp of winning versus, you know, or a team that hey, fuck you, Taylor, we're gonna get this is the best offer we can get. Have fun in Arizona, (laughs) kind of thing. Uh, I went with we'll go backwards Mm -hmm. uh, for Colorado. Ty, yeah, Ty, uh, Tyson Berry was was in, as a name that's not not like been tied to us, but it's like one of those like oh okay you know like trade season coming around ah Ty Berry Devils mm, and then it goes away. Yeah, like he's he's high risk high reward though. <laughs> you know, not as good as like an Eric Carlson high risk high reward, right. but you know he's he's still a, a top two top three defenseman, and he would be our number one number two defenseman. Um, so we would, I would, I would ask for Tyson Barry. I'd ask for their twenty 
21st because there's no way they're giving up. What do they have? Like the fifth pick in the draft. That's actually Ottawa's. Uh, And Connor Timmons, who is a a young, I believe he's a defenseman. Another Connor? Yeah. Connor. It's a big big year, 1986 for Connors. The New Jersey Connors. Uh, Arizona. I'd want Jacob Chikorin. He's a big-time defenseman. He was, I think he's like a top-five draft pick. He's young. I'd want their first this year. And Barrett Hayden, who they drafted, I think it was last year. I, I remember looking at him when we were drafting, saying, like, he's one of those, like, winger-center kind of things, mm-hmm. a more skilled Pavel Zaka. The other one I would go, number three, I'd ask, I'd knock on Columbus's door and say, hey, you're missing a number nine. He's going to Florida. So, okay, so let's just, well, I'll throw this little thing out there, right? Um, so would you knock on Columbus's door, right? If this, Obviously, if this is now, right before draft. Right. right. Would you go, so you were looking at Wierenski and a prospect, okay? Would you also say the rights to Panarin? If you if you if you go to Columbus and you say if you absolutely know that his re-signing with you is a, is like a twenty percent or less, right? That, that you just really if your gut tells you he's really not going to sign and he's really being wishy-washy on giving you a legit answer, like we want a legit answer from Hall, would you say give us the rights to Panarin? And at that and that's just. A, I mean, it, it wouldn't hurt. <clears throat> it wouldn't hurt. I think we'd have to throw more in than Taylor Hall. But, I mean, you're also looking at, let's say we did this trade at the draft. Sure. Right? That's giving us, what, 10 days? 10 days to talk to Panarin. Yeah, between draft and, and, or pretty much probably right after our draft is either over or in the middle of. You have between then and, like, a week to... To yeah, if talk you're to him if you're gonna years. if you're gonna wheel out that deal and throw Panarin into it before that's a done deal, like meaning the trade is saying yes, right. yeah, you need to have a Ray has to be on the phone with Panarin saying, "Here's what we were gonna offer Taylor Hall." So at that point, is it one of those like if you want that to happen, is it one of those you talk to Columbus and you go? As we're molding this deal and you're getting close to completing it. Can I give him a call right now and say, would you uh, yes. be interested? Yeah. And then if he says, sure, then, yes, complete the deal. Then we would have to change the deal. So it would be something, I would assume, like, it would be Hall, one of those second-round picks we have, because Columbus has zero fucking draft picks. Um, maybe like a, maybe like a Miles Wood mm-hmm. or uh, Zaka. Mm-hmm. I would say Zaka, because they're probably going to lose Duchesne, too. So, I would say Zaka, Hall, and that second-round pick, if Panarin doesn't re-sign with us, we get that second. We keep that second-round pick. Okay. So, something of that kind. Yeah. Of- I mean, I know it sounds crazy. It sounds video game-ish because Wierenski's a fucking number one defenseman. He's going to win a Norris Trophy in his future. But, you know, it's... We're talking about a guy that was the MVP. So, and for Columbus, you're looking to you 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 gave it all up to to make a good run. You did, and now you need to restock quick, big time. Yeah, t- 
to, to and, keep that high. And what sucks for and for Hall, you could turn around and say, like, look, Columbus did go far. Look what they did in the playoffs. So you will have a chance. I mean, what sucks for Columbus is Hall could just turn around and go, I'm going to play this year and then f- peace, fucking Ohio. <laughs> sure. Yeah, and there's a lot of moving parts for, for our, our armchair I think, quarterbacking. I think Hall, if he leaves us, I don't think it's really about winning. I think it's he wants to go somewhere where he is noticed and is the star. But he is. Yeah, but he can go to a mall in fucking New Jersey and no one knows it's Taylor Hall. I think he I, I think he hated it in Edmonton, came to New Jersey and realized I'm invisible. I'd rather be you know the star. It's it's conversations like this where you just want to see him in that mall and notice him and literally like look at him and go, Look, I have no microphones on me. I am giving you my phone. Put it in your pocket. Now answer this question. Seriously. Are you going to resign with us? Or or just like give it to me straight up. I'll tell you where, You can go to Jersey City and do that. He goes to Porter all the time. But I would I would literally do that. I'd walk. I'd recognize him. I go, Taylor, how you doing? Like I wouldn't be all fanboy. I mean, like, listen, I have yeah, a I, big fan. No, no. I don't know what to do with my hands. <laughs> literally, I would give him my phone. I go, put this in your pocket. I have nothing on me, and I'm going to ask you a serious question. Give it to me straight, all the way through. What you fucking hate about am it? Am I buying my daughter a hall jersey, or am I waiting for? <laughs> and then all of a sudden, it's like, okay, we, I got my answer. Can I have my phone? Okay, hold on. How do we do? Can I can't get another phone? I'm scratching my head. I go shit because you're gonna think I'm gonna go on Twitter. And <laughs> so I'm just gonna. Look, you can follow gonna... me on Twitter. You could see right uh, now what I post. Yeah. You can control my Twitter. I will text you what I want to tweet. <laughs> you can keep it. Anyway, all right. So you're number two. Um, go back to Anaheim, huh? Yeah. Well, he never went to Anaheim, but he can go back west. Like no, I, meaning I, us. Us. Oh no, yeah. Oh well, hey, it works out. But I'm also Anaheim. thinking in the fact that like, if you look where I'm trading him, other than Columbus, none of them are in the East. Right. No, because I, I, I don't want to see him. Yeah. You don't want. You don't want to get bit by bit by him. So. I would say if you went to Anaheim, either Cam Fowler or Hampus Lindholm, a first. And if we can steal it without throwing anything other than Hall, Sam Steele, he was a first-round pick. That gives us two top defensemen with Fowler and Lindholm, Mm -hmm. or one of the each, a pick, and then a former first-round pick to kind of... Like, Sam Steele hasn't really cracked their lineup yet, and that's probably because Katy Perry and whatnot still there trying to play. It could be another one of those things as to where, like, Kyle Palmieri like, wasn't doing it. He came here and phew, look what happened. Right. Like, that kind of Right. You're getting the opportunity here. And then my first one would be Winnipeg. Uh, they have some cap trouble because they're going to need to sign Line A if, and if. Kyle Connor. If Line A. Right. If Line A. So. Would you even throw in the name Line A if you're saying. There has been a rumor that. Like, Hall for Line A. Hall for Line A, one for one. <laughs> I mean, we talked about it. We talked about the ups and downs and all that kind of stuff. But um, I, I'd be more interested probably in Truba. Right. So that's what I have. I would have Truba a first, probably not this year, but next year, and a forward prospect that they have. I mean, maybe even I, – I don't know if they would throw in Ehlers because I know they, they're in cap hell because they're not going to be able to afford Truba if they resign – Line A and Connor. One of those three have to go bye bye. There's some like 
and I don't know whether it's really true or not, but there's some leakage going around about rumors about Truba and the Rangers that they're like. Everybody says the Rangers. Because oh. it's because it's the Rangers. Go New York. <laughs> so there you go. So that's. I mean. In I, the end, I. I Look, I just look, don't want him to walk away for nothing. I don't want a Zach Parisi 2.0. Yeah. What's, what's it with fucking number nine? I'm telling you. Bobby Butler didn't have to leave us. <laughs> Captain Bobby. <laughs> Captain Bobby Butler. Oh, I remember those days well. Literally days. <laughs> <laughs> there was somebody else that wore number nine for us, too. Yeah. There's a bunch of number nines. No, I meant like after no, Parisi. What, no, that's what I mean. There were a bunch of number nines, and you, you see how good they were. Remember them at all, except the future captain, Damien, Damien Brum Bruner, whatever his name. He wore what eleven? Yeah, it was a fucking wash. So it's it's an interesting. I mean, a week from today we'll know. It 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 is rough because you you have that feeling of what happened how many years ago, where July first hit and he left. Yeah. It's like okay, we got a year, but I, I don't. I don't want to answer questions. I really don't want to answer questions. You know what? You know what? I would love to hear if Taylor Hall goes. Yes, I'm resigning. I'm just not going to do it this year. Literally. I would say no. No, really? it doesn't roll that way. No. Okay. Because again, every player says that they don't want to, especially if he's going to stay playing with New Jersey for this year. Mm-hmm. You don't want a heel turn. You don't want him to Hogan bash at the beach. Where he's going to turn around and be like, I'm here to help you guys. And then peace, bitches. peace in fucking July 1st. You know, I just I, 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 I can look at taking the fanboy out. You look at what this organization has. Right. And as much as I hate Nazardine, I'll just go on the talent alone of what defensemen we have on what the trends we right. have. It, yeah, it's not going down. We're trending upward. And the fact that this year alone we have ten picks, and they're all high picks. Yeah, it's the first. I believe it's three. thirty-three. Yeah, three, but three seconds, a first, and everything else. It's like two seconds. Is it two? I yeah. thought it was three. It's thirty-three and fifty-five. So and two thirds. But we're high enough in the draft that they're not. Right. You 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 can you can Ray can easily sit there and go. I'm at the top of a draft board in round four. You want somebody like like you gun for somebody? Eh, I mean, I can trade it to you. Who do you got? And you you it's all in his yeah. You're looking. I mean, if we were to trade that thirty third pick, you're looking at if someone came knocking on our door, you know, like. All right, what do you want for this pick? Because somebody that they were looking at has slid out of the first round. What are you looking for? I'll tell you what I'm looking for. If you want that third, 33rd 33rd pick, I want a top three defenseman. And if they say you're crazy, I'm like, all right, well, I guess I'll just draft one. And and say, well, who are you looking for? Dave. Okay. You give me a top, can you give me a top two defense. No, well, I guess I'll just draft Dave. Then. No, I guess I'll just no. They, well, <laughs> no GM is that fucking stupid to be like, well, who are you looking to draft? Sorry, Anaheim. Who's that you wanted the thirty third pick? Because well, there's I, rumors. Well, if I there's rumors according to Eklund. They, <laughs> hey, Bob Murray. Oh, you want Jim Johnson with the uh, the thirty third pick? Okay, and then I walk up to the podium. 
The New Jersey Devils select <laughs> and look I, right at Anaheim well, and go, Jim Johnson. <laughs> once once again, I'd like to thank um, the city of blah, 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 Vancouver, and I'd like to congratulate the St. Louis Blues with the 33rd pick. It's Jim Johnson, <laughs> bitches. Yeah. <laughs> I can't, I can't. The Chinese <laughs> delegation drafts the Wu-Tang Clan. <laughs> the Rizza. The Jizza. <laughs> Old and, Dirty. And the ashes of Old Dirty Best. Yes. <laughs> All right. On to some NHL news. Yeah, we have to go quick today because we have a lot of shit to get through. All right. Congratulations to Patrick Marlowe. The Tampa Bay, I mean, I'm <laughs> sorry, the Toronto Maple Leafs are looking to ship your ass away. He put his $11.8 million home. I, I didn't read that incorrectly, ladies no. and gentlemen. 11.8 million dollars. His home, I know his backyard. Has a full-size ice rink. A full-size outdoor. I saw pictures of it. God damn. You see, yeah. I'll tell you what, though. Why the fuck would any team help Toronto by taking Patrick Marlowe? Hey, I'll take William Nylander off your hands. I'll take Mitch but Marner off your hands. Yeah, but they're not going to trade Mitch Marner. They're, they're not going to trade I'll take Nylander. Somebody. Yeah, but... I'd be like, you know what? Fuck you. You made your bed. You know? Good luck. And then I offer sheet Mitch Marner. Right. And then they offer sheet. Go ahead. <laughs> and, and, and you better be damn sure that in the next few years. They won't have the money either because they'll still be paying fucking Tavares and Matthews and everybody else. So uh, rumor had it that along with their 2019 11th overall pick, the Flyers are open to trading Patrick Nolan. So apparently Fitz Nolan Patrick. Patrick, did I say Patrick Nolan? Yeah. Whatever. Um, this is according to Elliot Friedman. So apparently Mr. Fitzgerald is looking to just make it the Fitzgerald's team and just go, oh, well, whatever whatever can make us better. Because on the other end of it, the Flyers decided to go and trade um, Gudis oh, great. Well, to, to Washington. That helps them because there'll be three less penalties per game now. <laughs> to Washington. So now, you know, Gudis and Wilson together tag teaming. Tag on the penalty line. Again. Yes. The Bash Brothers, like Mighty Ducks. Oh, <laughs> fucking stupid movie. Wow. I'll tell you what. I mean, it sucks for Nolan Patrick because he came in with such hype. And that's what <laughs> fucking scares me about this the draft. Drafting first and second. Like, Nico's lived up to the hype. Nico is a first or second line center. There's Nolan Patrick's going to be a very good player. Second, third line center. It's just that. The, the he was hurt. I think he's going to have a big year. I think he's going to again, but he's not playing with anybody. You know, he's not playing with Voracek. He's not playing with Giroux. He's not playing with, you know, now that Simmons is gone. So yeah, what's he going to play, play with, with Kevin him? Hayes? If they resign him, mm. it's not fair <laughs> <laughs> to him. It's true. Well, and then again, it's a GM. It's not his guy. It wasn't his pick. So, anyway. Uh, the Buffalo Sabres uh, have... is terrible. Resign Jeff Skinner for eight years, $70 million. Annual Ouch. nine year. Ouch. Nine million per year. Ouch. I mean, I, I, when the news came out, I think everybody on social media, every response I saw was like, well, congratulations! You have your anchor for the next at least four years. <laughs> I'm like, what? Well, I mean, look, they can off they can offer Jeff Skinner the most money. 
he'd be stupid not to take it. Now, if you're Buffalo's point point of view, it's okay. Well, let's look at what this team is like. Is is Jeff Skinner really worth? Because what all of his goals were like in the first third of the year, and then he just kind of no, no, he did pretty well. I mean, he still he still scored forty goals. Like to score forty goals in this league is, and he had good chemistry with Eichel. So I mean, you want to keep your your star happy. But is he worth the eight? Absolutely not. So so there's another. Potential buyout down the line, I guess. But uh, according to, um, I guess, like Kelly Cup was. <laughs> That's a funny story. Stolen. Colorado Eagles uh, shed some light on why they are um, holding the uh, Kelly Cup hostage. Apparently, the Eagles owner Martin Lind uh, believes that he was cheated out of eight hundred grand of relocation fees because the ECHL declared the Newfoundland Growlers an expansion team on paper instead of relocating somebody on top of that lynn was lynn paid 500 grand of an exit fee when leaving the echl and will only return the cup when that fee is refunded and it doesn't really matter because the echl the kelly cup has already been done it's already completed right like it's cheaper for the echl just to make another fucking trophy how hard is that how, like, how much legitimately, how much would that trophy, at best, at best, 10 grand? Go to, go to, go to Pete's Trophies mm-hmm. down the highway and just fucking get one that you give to your little kid when, when, when he's, you know, in his basketball youth league. When, when I was coaching and we would have a Christmas tournament, yeah. we would, we made a big trophy and we'd give it to the winning team every year. All I would do is go into the trophy case, take a trophy. Mm-hmm. And tell the guy, just make up a new plate and put it on. There you go. Save me $7 for a new plate or $70 for a trophy. Think about that, any team that played that I coached against. Ah, bam. Corey Perry, Katie Perry to Mr. Dave sitting there, uh, is looking towards a a divorce from the old. uh... We'll find out tomorrow. Why is tomorrow a deadline for them? Tomorrow is the buyout. Nope. Starts. Ooh, that should be fine. And what I said is, as it didn't, because I knew you were going to go, would you? <laughs> would you? <laughs> I would go to Katy Perry and go, we're going to give you a $1 million contract with possibilities of 1.5 in bonuses. Sure. This is your show me. If you want a longer contract, you'll play your ass off. And if you don't want to be here, then we'll trade you at the deadline for an opportunity to win the cup somewhere else. Who else is going to give you that opportunity? Good luck. And if someone's going to give him a multi-year deal coming off of a coming off of a shitty injury plague season where he was hurt most of the year and he hasn't been that effective in the last 2 or 3 years, I would just turn around and say, "Well, who else is going to give you a better deal?" All right, have fun. Had mentioned before, the Capitals uh, traded uh, for Radko Gudis in exchange for Matt Niskanen. Uh, Flyers retained 30% of Gudis's remaining 3.3 mil. He'll be a UFA at the end of the season. Niskanen has two more years on his deal at five and three quarters. Obviously, a cap hit move. Yeah, but it's a cap hit for the Flyers. Yeah, because they're because they're there. getting an extra deal a year. They're getting an extra 
two million in contract. Yeah, but it's probably more for the. Uh, Actually, uh, they're getting an extra three million in contract. <laughs> Capitals of clearing out some space to, I guess, do what they need to do. But yeah, but why would the Flyers fucking help them? I don't know. I don't get it. Do you really want to? Were you like you really in that big to get rid of Gudis? Is Gudis just on um, what's his name's shit list, list already? Yeah. Like already? <laughs> I mean, he's not a good defenseman, but doesn't change anything for us. We still see him the same amount. Mm. Jordan Eberle signs with the Islanders five years. At five and a half. Per. Five and a half. Good for him. As we discussed earlier, I mean, we know. He's Taylor Hall's best friend, so the ability to maybe use him to sign him to keep Taylor just went out the fucking window. But on the other end, I don't know if I would want to even risk the five years that the Islanders are paying him. I would have said three at the same price. Maybe a little less. Prove me. And then that keeps Taylor around for a little bit. At least another year to go. Hmm, okay. See if they can rekindle that friendship on ice. <clears throat> Competition committee has recommended the following rule changes. Expanded video review and coaches challenges. Uh, changes to the coaching challenge. Coaches challenge will expand video review, including uh, as it relates to referee's ability to review some of his own calls on the ice. Recommendations will be uh, prepared for the league's board of governors, several general managers, and NHL players executive board. Uh, helmets being off during play. Uh, the committee recommends work on a rule. That's uh, a college, yeah, that's a college rule. That as soon as your helmet pops off, boom, go right to the bench, right? Well, what you can do is, A, you go right to the bench, or B, you have to put your helmet back on. Run after it, pick it, put it on. Yeah, you, can't, you can't just continue to play. While it's awesome to play without your helmet like that, it's also crazy. <laughs> Goalies unnecessarily freezing a puck. Uh, recommends that the defensive team not be permitted a line change when a goalie freezes the puck on any shot from outside the center red line. Uh, the offensive team will have the choice of which end zone dot uh, the faceoff will take place. I don't think I've ever seen that in the history of my hockey playing slash watching. Like, I, Where I someone dumps the puck and the goalie just holds on to it and says, no, I got it, I'm good. The ref will tell you, like, move it, move it. Stupid fucking. Why is that even discussed? Face-off procedure for change. Uh, face-off procedure changes and line changes. Committee recommends a the following uh, that following icing the offensive team will have a choice of which uh, end zone dot face-off it will take place. B to begin a power play, the offensive team will have the choice of which end zone dot to the face-off will take place. C, that no line change be permitted uh, for the defending team if the judgment of the official, or in the judgment of the official, uh, the actions of a skater and the defensive team cause the stoppage by unintentionally knocking the net off. The offensive team will have the choice of which end zone dot the face-off will take place. That, that rule right there mm -hmm. should be the same for when the puck goes over the glass. It should be, if the puck goes over the glass in the defensive zone, and it's not intentional, you know, like, you're you're trying to score, and I deflect the puck, and I, like, bat it out of the air, and it goes over. I didn't intentionally fucking go to hit it off over the glass. It should be, your line can change. You got to stay. Meanwhile, 
if I w come out behind the net with no pressure and I go to throw it high and hard off the glass and it goes over the glass, then that's the penalty. Puck out of bounds. Committee recommends that when attacking team is responsible for the puck going out of play in the attacking zone, all faceoffs will be conducted at one of the two faceoff dots in the attacking zone. So the puck stays in the zone? <laughs> I don't get it. Regular season tiebreakers. The committee recommends an adoption of a proposal that would modify existing regular season tiebreaking procedures and additional uh, by adding additional criteria. There should be 3 two, one you win in regulation, you get three, three points. You win in overtime, you get two, two points. You lose in overtime, you get one. Or shootout, you get overtime or loss. Overtime or shootout, the winner gets two, the loser gets one. The only problem I have with that is how many fucking points would the Tampa Bay Lightning have this year? <laughs> if they got, for every regulation win, they got three points. Well, and look what happened. The, the no, but I just mean like they're gonna they're gonna break Scoring year records, old yeah. records with the you know look I they've just, made two they you know if you win fifty games at home regulation it's wins it's one hundred and fifty points. <laughs> I just think it should just be if you win you get two, right? And if you if lose, you lose in overtime you get one, and that's it. That, but that's what it is now. Oh, then, then fuck it. If you lose, you lose. Right. You, you lose. Get you get nothing. Good day, sir. We need a soundboard. I know we do. We need more production people. That's going to happen. I I don't understand. I mean, the goals are up. The game is faster. It's a little bit more exciting. It's up to the teams to do, you know, non-TV, you know, crowd entertainment. Having, you know, Tampa have 150 points at the end of a season to win a president's trophy doesn't do anything for me as a hockey fan it just doesn't no it doesn't but as a historian of hockey right but you're gonna go wow look at that they had 150 points that's the greatest team that's ever played they beat the record by 22 points hey but what would you do going all right the 1920 season moving forward was this rule so nothing before you can compare it to, no i mean like... that's just like talking about you know shootout wins you know patrick Wilde always used to bitch and complain about that brodeur has I want to say like 20-something shootout wins that when he played would have been ties. I, 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 don't, I don't see and what... He, that's a legit argument. <laughs> but from a point system standpoint, what does that do? I mean... No, I just... What, I mean, the, are you really trying to force like the same teams to go in the playoffs every single year? Like, I, I don't know. So uh, a little funny coming off of the um, Stanley Cup Finals. Um, folks decided to do a quote-unquote legends team for both the uh, Bruins and the uh, St. Louis Blues. Um, the all-legend team for the Boston Bruins. And if you don't know what Rob is saying, <clears throat> legend <clears throat> is in air quotes for players who you wouldn't have thought of as being Boston Bruins if or St. Louis Blues. If they sniffed 30-second line change, they are a legend. Dave Andrichuk. Former devil. Cy Denny. Denny, Denny, Yarmir Yager, former devil, <laughs> Rick Nash, Butch Goring, and Jerome Ginla. These are all Bruins. Brian Prop, Prop, Hooli Smith, Hooli, good old Hooli, Bill Goldsworthy, no clue. Matt Nasland, 
Yeah, that's one of those I don't even remember him playing there. Robert Lang, Robert Joe Lang, Mullen. I remember. Joe Mullen, I briefly remember. Paul Coffey, I remember Defenseman, playing there. Defenseman, yeah. Guy Lapointe. Don't remember. Brian Leach, I remember playing there. Leach was a, was a Bruin for mm-hmm. a, a, a he went from He went from New York. He either went from New York to Boston or he went from New York to Toronto. And then, then the Boston. Then the Boston. Sergey Gonchar, Al Iafredi. Iafredi, I remember playing. Thomas Caberlet. Thomas Caberlet played like one year, the year they won the cup. Goalies, Jacques Plante. Yeah, nobody remembers that. Marty Turco, I remember playing for them. We go St. Louis Blues, Dale Howarchuk, the almighty Wayne Gretzky. Yeah, he came over with his winger, Glenn Anderson. (laughs) Lachislav Nagy. How could you have that for a kind of first name and Nagy as a last Slava name? Nagy. Yeah, I remember him. Peter Statsny. Peter Statsny. I, I'm 99% sh- sure, and I could look it up, that he went from the Devils to, we traded him to the to St. Louis. Gary Lehman. Gary Lehman, I remember, is a Maple Leaf. Esatikinen. Followed Wayne Gretzky. Guy Carboneau. I barely, I remember Guy Carboneau being there when I he re- left Montreal. I remember Bill Guerin being more Bruin than Blue. I remember him being a blue briefly. Ray Ferraro, Peter Nedved, and Jamie Langen. Jamie Langenberger was a blue? Uh-huh. When? After us. Because. Where did we trade him? He wasn't. He wasn't. No, because we got. Uh, what we got we... him from Dallas. Right. And then we traded him. Yeah, but for who? I thought we got Salvador for Cam Jansen. We did. And that was it. I don't, I don't remember there being anything else. Anyway. Defensemen, uh, Doug Harvey and Scott Stevens. Now I have to look up Jamie Langenbrunner trades. Bill Housley and Guy Lapointe. Hmm, Guy Lapointe is on both teams, huh? Hmm. Daryl Sidor and Wade Redden. Goalies for the Blues. Ben Bishop. And Hall of Fame Blues goaltender Martin Brodeur. Oh, he must have went somewhere else. He must have signed with St. Louis. We traded him back to Dallas. For future considerations, the good old future considerations. I wonder what those considerations were. <laughs> and a third round pick, which ended up being Blake Coleman. It must have been the end. Yeah, he played one year. He So he signed because we traded him in the 10-11 season. Mm-hmm. At the, yeah, because he played 31 games in 10-11 with us. And then he played another 39 with Dallas. After that year, he signed with St. Louis in 11-12. He played 70 games with them then. And he had 24 points. And then he, the next year, he only played four games, and I think he retired. Now he's an assistant coach with Boston. And apparently a good dodger of uh, water bottles. <clears throat> Phil Housley, I don't remember. Daryl Sador, I don't remember. Wade Redden, I remember. Scott Stevens, I remember playing for St. Louis because... I remember the pictures, yeah. That's how we got them. Was it from St. Louis? Uh-huh. I thought it was from um, Washington. Nope, because St. Louis signed Brendan Shanahan uh. with before the uh, trade deadline. I mean, before the uh, July 1st. Mm-hmm. And the no. league, Lou found out about it and said, error. <laughs> <laughs> oh. And he went to the league and the league said, all right, you have two choices. Brendan Shanahan, you can go back to New Jersey or you're going to have to give up compensation. Equal to a Brendan Shanahan. Equal to Brendan Shanahan. And they said, oh, we'll give up compensation. And an arbitrator went, Scott Stevens, you'll be going to New Jersey now. 
I mean, the I rest is and, history. And I wonder how much Lamarillo paid for that guy, that arbitrator yeah. suit. All right, we'll do part two of our favorite players per team. Uh, we did so great last year, or last week. The top 40. 40. <laughs> Goddamn death dedication. <laughs> We you come out of these upbeat songs, and I got to give a goddamn death dedication. Oh, Casey Kasem, we miss you. If you don't know what we're talking about, please YouTube Casey Kasem death dedication and laugh your rear ends off, as we will continue to do for the rest of our lives. All right, the mini soda. Now, were you doing North Stars, or are you yeah. doing Wild? Uh, I only went with Wild. Oh, okay. Good. Because so, I, cause my pick is a Wild. Yeah, I went with Marion Gabrick, because he was fucking nasty. When he first came in, he he carried that team to the conference finals one year. Carried him and Jacques Lemaire. You oh, that's right. Yeah, he was Lemaire was a coach for them. Yep. And they did very well. Good. Yes, I went with Miko Koivu just because of length of captaincy. You don't want to go with Zach or Ryan Suter? I was gonna go Zach, but fuck you. Oh wow, the mouth on you, Montreal. You went with PK. I went PK Subban. Pecan. Pick Subban. My wife calls him. My wife calls him Pecan Subban. Pecan Subban. I went with Matt Naslin, one of the first Swedes to come over. He wore the ugliest fucking Jofa helmet. It looked like a box on his head. <laughs> he was good though, Matt Naslin. Mats. Mats. <laughs> Nashville. I went with Pecker on Pecarine. I went with Philippe Forsberg. Philip. Forsberg. I was going to go with Damon, uh, Damon, David Langkow. No, nope, I, David I, Legwan, who was their first pick ever. Ever? I was going to kind of go Brian Boyle, but. Yeah, you could have. Yep. Oh, man, I can't believe you went with him for your fucking favorite devil. I did. I went with Zach Parisi as my favorite. Not Christoph Oliwa, the punch and Pollock? No. I fucking missed out on a goddamn signing for him last weekend. You want me to sign it for you? It's probably worth just about the fucking same. <laughs> Fuck you. <laughs> I went with Scott Niedermeyer. I mean, I was an offensive player, mm. and I remember it clear as day. My brother was like, what do you want for Christmas? I was like, a Niedermeyer jersey. He goes, a defenseman? It's one of the jerseys I actually would wear again, like if I wore jerseys to games. Mm -hmm. So like when I take my daughter to a game and when she's older and sure, she wants a jersey, and then I'll wear a jersey. That's what I'd wear. Cool. The Rangers, you picked two? I don't know. Why, what? That's a team? <laughs> I picked right, Adam if, Graves. If I, if I, if I had to. Um, don't say it. What? Don't say Messier. Fuck no. God, no. Um, Stefan Mateau. I will slit your throat <laughs> right now. Um, no, I would either go Graves or Leach, probably. I mean, we did Van Beesbrook already for the, or at least I did for the Panthers, but right. I, I would do either Graves. I, I'd probably do more Leech than, than Graves. But I, Adam Graves will always have, will always be my favorite Ranger just for the simple fact of when my brother had cancer mm -hmm. and was in the hospital. And he was in the hospital. My brother's a big Ranger fan. And he was, you know, my wife ended up having some sort of, not my wife, my sister-in-law ended up having some sort of connection to sure. get in touch and my brother was sleeping and adam graves sat in his room for an hour till he woke up till he woke up and nice. then sat there and my brother woke up and was like 
<laughs> my dad? Like, what, oh what? my god, Adam Graves is here, and Adam Graves sat there with him for another hour. That's pretty cool. To have a conversation, and when we buried my brother, he was buried in an Adam Graves jersey. Nice. So, Adam Graves, and then I met him in a three-on-three tournament in Montclair. Did he remember you? No, no. I never met him before then. Oh. But I met him, and, you know, he walks over and goes, you know, it was a three-on-three tournament, and the winner of the tournament got to go and play a bunch of Ranger Legends three-on-three at Madison Square Garden. Cool. So he comes over and goes, are you guys in this tournament to actually win or just get drunk? (laughs) That's pretty funny. And I said, I don't have a chance about beating you guys. And he's like, nobody here does. (laughs) (laughs) It it was like him, Messier, I want to say it was Mateau, uh, the Ferraro brothers, like, Guys, that word, like, we're not talking about NHL fucking scrubs here. We're talking, mm-hmm. so. Against scrubs in the three out three. Yeah, against scrubs. Um, the Islanders? <laughs> oh. I don't know. I, you know, I, I think about it. I, like, I was going to put Butch Goring, but I just hate the way he is on, on air. Um, who was the other guy that they had in the studio on MSG? Um, the, almost like the greatest Islander of all time kind of thing. Um, God, I forget his name. I went with Chico. I don't give a shit. Mike Bossy? Yeah, Bossy. I could have went Bossy. Or I went Chico. I don't care. Could have went Steve Thomas. No. Could've I went, went with Pat La 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 Fontaine. I Sco- scored that iconic like 19 overtime game against uh, Saint Lu- uh, against Washington. Bob Mason. I could have also went with Podvin, right? Could have went with Podvin. He sucks. Apparently. Ottawa? I went with Carlson. I don't remember really any Ottawa senators from... I went with Radic Bonk just because of his name. And <laughs> if you want to have a good chuckle, yes, Google Radic Bonk, click images, and you will see an uh, epic mullet. Epic nice. mullet. Very nice. Business in the front party and in the back. all party in the back. Nice. Philly? I went with Mr. Parent. Uh, a parent. Bernie. Oh, with Eric Desjardins, another defenseman. He always, he was another one. Willie's brother? Yeah, no. Hmm. He always was one of those guys when he had the puck on the blue line and wound up. Everybody I was like, ducked? I was like, yeah, he's probably going to score on Brodeur. <laughs> and he didn't have a hard shot. It wasn't like anything. Him, Ray Bork, Brian Leach, whenever they wound up to take a shot on Brodeur, I was always like, they're probably going to score. And it's not like he was a sniper or anything. It's just he had that shot that just found the holes on Marty. Mm-hmm. San Jose, I mean, uh, Pittsburgh. Uh, I went Yager. Yager's a good one. Mm-hmm. I, I didn't think of Yager, but I went with Patrick Hornquist because anybody that stands in front of that with Malkin, who's on the spectrum, and Crosby winding up at you, and you're <laughs> able to tip and you, make saves. You're the guy that's supposed to tip yeah. it if it's off. You, <laughs> you, you win my respect. I mean, go. Bill Guerin played for Pittsburgh, too, but I mean, I have a Bill Guerin Devils jersey, but mm-hmm. I wouldn't think of, even though he works for Pittsburgh now, I think. Yeah, he's like an assistant GM or something like that. Yeah, I wouldn't. Or, like, or he's like the GM of their, like, their minor league team. Yeah, I wouldn't like have thought of putting him down as that because that's <laughs> not really. San Jose? Uh, Joe Thornton, just because of longevity the whole beard and whatever I like, went with, to him or Herman like and Marlowe yeah I went with Owen Nolan 
because Owen Knoll. He was he was nasty on the Sharks. I mean, I could have went old school like Pat Falloon, who was their first pick. Jamie Baker, who scored their biggest goal, their biggest playoff goal to mm-hmm. beat Detroit when Detroit was one of the Detroit teams. St. Louis. I went with Curtis Joseph because that, that was the only name I remember on the back of a Blues jersey of yesteryear. Cujo. Of, he had the cool mask, too. Outside of uh, Mr. Martin Brodor. I don't know if you know him or not. I've heard of him. Yeah. Does Enterprise commercials? Yeah. He's yeah. just big, big blues guy, right? <laughs> big blues guy. Um, I went with Craig Janney or Shanahan. Mm-hmm. I also like when Brett Hall was there. Because when Janney and Brett Hall were together and then when it was Oates and Hall and Oates, mm-hmm. those two. Uh, since we're mentioning it, how drunk was Brett Hall? How <laughs> fucking hammered was that guy? Did he really do the nipple twist? Yeah, that would have been great. Well, they also showed pictures of him. I think it was in game six. Where any time, like, a, like it was a fate, he was by the glass. Right. And any time, like, a Bruins player, like, like, like it was a face-off or whatever, sure. and it was skate, he would just fucking openly give the finger to him. Like, he's like, like a 12-year-old, like, <laughs> God bless him. Yeah. That's why he's not a GM anymore. That and uh. him signing Sean Avery in Detroit, I mean, in Dallas. Yep. Tampa? The way you went with Radic Bonk. I went with Roman Hammerling. Oh, with the mullet? Now, 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 now. The only reason I picked him, because I saw him on a list of names, if you've ever listened to the uh, uh, radio show Ron and Fez, the day that Ron was introduced to the name Roman Hammerlick, it was an open joke (laughs) 24-7. The way he said Roman... So I'll tie him back to Ron and Fez today. It should be the name of the show. Roman Hammerlick. (laughs) (laughs) Just... Just th- just say that name really so Roman Hammerlick. He had a long ass career. And he was I don't know if he was I think he was a first overall pick. Huh? He was their first ever pick. Roman Hammerlick. Oh, it's good that I picked him then. Yeah. <laughs> Roman Hammerlick. I picked Darren Poopa for the Poopa. same reason. That name. <laughs> Poopa. He was a left handed goalie. That's all I remember. And he used to tuck like most goalies you'll really? see. Yeah, he did the talk. I'd fuck me. Um, he would. Most goalies have their hands out in front of them. This guy talked. Apparently. And he would, for something, he was a backwards goalie. He kept his glove hand like up against his chest. So if you were looking to like shoot at him, he had like you had all over his shoulder, and he would like fling his arm out. He was a weird looking goalie. Just Google his pictures, and you could see. Poopa. Isn't he in the Mario Brothers games <laughs> as the as the final? The little mus- oh, I thought that was the little mushroom people. No. That the poop, the Koopa Troopa, or whatever is the bad guy. Toronto, I went with the monster. Really, of all the fucking Toronto Maple Leaf people, you went with Jonas Gustavs, jo- Matt Sundin, Wendell Clark. <laughs> I went with Mitch the mon- Marner. I went with the monster. <laughs> I went with Doug Gilmore, a real player. Uh, I he have a, Doug... a real play. He was yeah, allegedly sure. supposed to be their best goalie. I have a Doug Gilmore jersey. A Toronto Doug Gilmore jersey. Dougie G. Vancouver, who's going back to their black and yellow and red jerseys for, I think they said, four games this year. Nice. I like those jerseys. Vancouver's going to the, we lost to the Rangers in 94. Oh, yeah, by the way. And they also changed their real jerseys. They did? Mm-hmm. It's not going to be a, a stick in a... Everything, no. Everything's the same. They're going to have, like, the, the C 
with the orca kind of jumping out of the sea, <laughs> the they're not going to have Vancouver across the chest anymore, like the over top of the logo. Right. It's just going to have the logo, which is fine, because I always thought that looked fucking chintzy. There you go. I went with the Sedins, just to be sure. I went with Pavel Bure, because Pavel Bure was my favorite player mm-hmm. in high school. I think the only time that we've kind of matched on this list. Oh, uh, Washington? <laughs> yeah. Who else? Ovechkin? I mean, who else? I could have t- I could have went other places. <clears throat> Kelly Miller was one of my favorite because I played for the Capitals and wore number ten, and he played for the Capitals and wore number ten. And I could have went with T.J. Oshie, just yeah, but then it would have been off the uh, Olympic. He what? Didn't he score every shootout goal? <laughs> yeah. Well, you went with Parisi. You could say that too. Mm-hmm. And Winnipeg, I went with uh, Blake Wheeler. I went with Tep. I I went back to the. Original Winnipeg slash Atlanta. <laughs> Thrasher. So I went with Teppo Newmanen mm-hmm. and Chicken Parm Ray Ferraro. Chicken Parm. I'm hungry now. We got any chicken parms in the back? Mm. Chicken Parm. I'll tell you, man, I fucking hate St. Louis Chicken Parm. It's the worst. It's the fucking worst. The way they fucking taste. The way <laughs> fucking Sully makes his chicken palm here down on fucking Bleecker Street. <laughs> it's to die for. Uh, I hate the way those fucking high sticks and super kicks guys mm-hmm. ad lib. Good God. Do we really sound like these assholes? <laughs> does yes. That, does, yes, you do. Because it's funny that this accent's the same as my John Kennedy accent. <laughs> <laughs> Did you know, John Ken- Frank Kennedy? Back and to the left. Yeah. <laughs> Last time he'll ever drive in a convertible. <laughs> wow. So, we're on to wrestling. <laughs> Are we? I think we're on to bad jokes. <laughs> speaking well, of bad jokes. Speaking of bad jokes, <laughs> did anyone watch the Super Show? <laughs> you know, Holy shit. You, you know, when, when I think of Super Show, you know what actually pops into my head? WrestleMania? No, not even fucking close. It was when, what's his name, tripped going into the fucking uh, night at the Battle Royale. <laughs> That's well, what I think. I guess in the 50-man Battle Royale, he started the match from underneath the ring. Did he? So, like, like a continuation of the yeah, last Yeah, it's a good yeah. joke. Uh, it was such a shit show. Okay, so we can fast forward to like the, the, the main event because well, it's the... Well, the two deal. main... Well, Brock, first of all, Brock goes to cash it in. <laughs> and as fat ass. they're running to the ring, Paul Heyman slips, much like Titus O'Neil, and the briefcase slides into the ring, mm-hmm. and it lo- stops like right at fucking Seth Rollins' feet. So he holds the briefcase. Brock is standing there. He can't cash it in. And then Seth Rollins proceeds to beat the ever-loving piss out of Brock with chairs. Was that a turn then because of the oops? Yeah. No, I think it was scripted. It was scripted, it was scripted because he said he was going to unraw. He was going to cash it in yeah. at the Super Show. And then it made it look like, oh, wow, Like it gave me a reason to watch. Is Brock right. going to win the belt back? And then they do the fucking Benny Hill finish. And then and with the Undertaker-Goldberg thing. Oh, boy. I don't un- Look, and I don't understand. Like Goldberg came out and said that he was concussed. Yeah, Where- he collapsed like, after the match. Where- when did he get a concussion? I... When he speared the Undertaker. I'll tell you when he did it, brother. <laughs> before, when they knock on the door and he bangs his head to get all fired up before the match, he probably knocked himself out cold. No, but from what they, from what I read and I kind of saw in GIFs and stuff, is it GIFs or GIFs? Whatever. One's peanut butter, one's yeah. an animated picture. 
I guess he went to go for the spear. Right. And the taker moved. And he didn't know exactly where he was in the ring and actually legit hit his head on the, the post. Oh. And then he came up bleeding. And then if that wasn't Botch Fest 1, Botch Fest 2 was... Well, when The Undertaker... The Undertaker went for the tombstone. And nearly broke his neck. And, oh, boy, I don't know how he was. Like, when you watch that... Did you see the video of it? Yes, Like, somewhere fucking Stone Cold is just holding the back of his neck going, I remember that. Uh, And then Goldberg went to do the tombstone and either A, was dizzy, or B, couldn't pick up the Undertaker. So when he had him up in the position for the tombstone, he fell back. Yes, they, they collapsed. And then he went for the jackhammer, which I would imagine being very difficult to do on a guy that's, how big is the Undertaker, 6'6"? Six, six? Yes. And and not not fat, not lean. That That's heavy. That, right. That, that's, that's, let's, good, let's say 250. Dead weight? <laughs> <laughs> so fucking corny it's such a dad joke <laughs> self high five <laughs> dead way <laughs> anyway and then he goes for the jackhammer and basically drops the fucking undertaker on his head and then there was the picture of the undertaker he, he like, lifted his head like this motherfucker he, he, he gave the face like this really isn't worth the fucking money I'm getting paid. <laughs> no. But then you had people like Chris Jericho who came out and said, dude, that's fucking main event money. I don't care what anybody no, says. No, absolutely. I don't blame them for doing it. But like holy. everybody coming out saying that these two men shouldn't have wrestled. I agree to a point. They shouldn't have wrestled each other. <laughs> they should have re- they should have been wrestling other people. Because someone that could carry the match. Mm-hmm. They couldn't necessarily carry each other, literally and figuratively. I, I don't know. I just don't. It, all right. You know what the other bad thing is? And maybe it's karma. I don't know, I've been using that word a lot lately. But um, karma because. The wrestler? Uh, no. <clears throat> if you think about it, right? They deem this as being better than a card better than WrestleMania. Yeah, great. I feel great about spending that fucking money with comments like that for WrestleMania. And then look what happened. I I honestly think the what the Triple H and Randy Orton match was like the most decent match that there was. Yeah, Triple H could still bring it. You and, know, and he's not at that Undertaker level, but you know, meaning to where he's dwindling down to one to two fights a year. <clears throat> but I, I I don't. The whole, this whole product, and I don't know if it's because we keep crapping on it every week or whatever, and you just keep reading online of how, how fans are just getting so upset and everybody's looking at their watch going, is it October yet? Not because of hockey, but because of AEW. Because of both. <clears throat> Especially if you're a fan of the HSSK podcast. Yeah. Um, I don't know. Like, is this a joke now? Like, does Vince go, I know what I'm doing, and you're all buying into it? Like, is it? Or is it the opposite, where Vince is, like, tone-deaf to everything, and Triple H is just like, here, take these pills. I don't give a shit. Just take them and go, because I need to do this. I I told you, man. I, what was... Did you read what I wrote on Twitter? Yes. Okay. And it was, it, it was just... Somebody asked... I forget what the 
the site was. It was a wrestling site, though. Oh, like if you if you can. Honestly... It's, no, if you're gonna bitch and complain about Raw and the feuds and the storylines, use three wrestlers and make your own storyline. And that's exactly what I did. I turned around and said, "You have Triple H come out as the face and say, look, I agree with you." Fans, yeah. fans, the ratings are dropping, the storylines suck, and we all know who to blame is. I've been trying to do, Stephanie's been trying to do, Shane's been trying to do what's best for business, and we all hit the same roadblock right outside that curtain. Right. And you have everybody, and he goes, I can't get around my father. Like, you turn the real-life problems that WWE is having into, into, into a, a story just like he did with Bret Hart just like he did with Stone Cold just like he did with you know other countless other wrestlers when with with Matt Hardy and fucking Lita and Edge like you take the real storyline and the real life shit and throw it into a storyline and you have Triple H and Stephanie and Shane fight for creative control over the company from Vince and it you start it the day after SummerSlam. And you build up all the way through to the Survivor Series. And then you do the classic. Every match in Survivor Series has two wrestlers or the classic Survivor 5 on 5 mm-hmm. or the tag team where one is fighting for Triple H and one is fighting for Vince. And it's just a tally at the end of the day. And it's a tally at the end of the day and it comes down to you can have heel turns, you can have somebody who's supposed to show up for Triple H's team and doesn't. You know, you can have factions. What made feuds so good back in the day was you could be a fan of both. And it seems like Vince is just trying cheer for Roman, cheer for Seth, you know, boo Brock, boo, boo. No, I don't want to boo those guys. I like Kevin Owens. I like, you know, mm-hmm. other guys. You know, like it, when it used to be The Rock and Austin and, and Triple H and Shawn Michaels and Foley. Like, that Rock-Foley match, the chair match, the classic one where fucking he beat Foley. Like, even though Rock was the heel, people were cheering for him mm-hmm. because his character. You don't do that anymore. Vince doesn't do that. But now if you have Triple H and his wrestlers, you might like where he's going. You might want him to be in control. So you cheer for his guys. Or you might want Vince, and you cheer for his guys, where now you're creating a feud. Even though it might be fake, it at least creates the illusion of reality. You could have tons of backstage segments where Triple H is talking to this guy and this and that, where they're trying to recruit for three months. You have those secret phone calls, secret phone calls, vignettes that you see. Yeah, like the security cameras, mm-hmm. the old school. Well, Triple H, uh, I'm gonna have a guy try out for my team this week on Raw. It's a surprise, and you have the old school limo pull up. Who is it? And it's somebody from NXT. Sure, and if you actually look at it, right, NXT as a product is right, better. Is better, and who runs NXT? Well, so 
and and uh, we you know to to jump on that topic too is that somebody posted on social media of EC3 when you I guess it was when he first started in WWE and had his entrance and how happy and 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 you know charismatic and everything he was with his gimmick showing up right next to the other one of, of one he did recently where his face just looks like I, I'm just out here to fucking do my thing I'm, I'm just back. I'm just collecting my paycheck and <laughs> yeah and I mean even to the point look at Tyler Breeze I don't like the gimmick I think it's I mean I get it. It's funny, the whole selfie thing and, and whatnot, and the whole, like, mo- model kind of thing. He's in NXT now, right? Yeah, he a, said, a... like, I'll go back to NXT. I'd rather go back to NXT than sit here and fucking job to heavy machinery. <laughs> and and the, the amount of pomp and circumstance that he's getting out of NXT. Yeah, good. Let, let him build his, his brand back up. <clears throat> so we talked about with the birth of AEW and WWE, and yes. if you believe Vince Russo, um, <laughs> they're in cahoots together. I, I so seriously don't think so. So I put together a couple of dream matches mm-hmm. between the WWE and AEW that would be awesome. If they were in cahoots, this is how you do the invasion kind of angle. Mm-hmm. Um Honorable mention, I think Triple H versus Cody would be a fucking killer feud between I run this business and Triple H, I run this one. Right. And the winner, you know, whatever. Uh, I think Jericho versus Roman, just because Jericho would be able to carry that feud on the mic and rip Roman apart. Um, so then my, my top five are, I think, the Young Bucks versus the Usos. The Usos... As much as they're boring. They're a good tag team. They're a good tag team. And, you know, if you could do an all-time tag team, I would love to have had Edge and Christian versus the Young Bucks. Yeah. The comedy between them would be able would be great. The, the matches themselves. I mean, it doesn't even have to be a TLC kind of match. It could just be a regular tag match. Even the Hardys. You, you could throw the Hardys. I mean, imagine, like, you could do the Young Bucks now. Edge and Christian in their prime, the Hardys in their prime. I would even do Hardys now because you have enough skill level in the two of them to do a 50-50 you know, portion of the match. Neither of them are going to carry, but you have enough to carry your spots. Yep. So it would work. And even with the Usos, I mean, <clears throat> even if you did a long feud, d- different gimmicks mm-hmm. matches, that would be awesome. Uh, I should, I, I thought about moving this one down to get closer, but AJ versus Omega because it's that whole indie. It's the whole, I was in control of the bullet club and then you took over. Mm-hmm. Now let's see who it is. And you know, you have the young bucks and Omega where you could do that, you know, three man tag. Right. And you have AJ with gallows and Anderson, which I think, um, Anderson <laughs> tweeted. Or Al, Al, you know, gallows tweeted out. Uh, we are still employed. We're still employed. <laughs> I didn't understand that. But, I mean, just AJ and, and Kenny Omega together yeah. would be a great yeah, because the five-star fans, match because of their abilities. The fans would want it. Right, and you could cheer for Kenny, you could cheer for AJ, and it would be fine either way. Like, remember, like, they used to chant, like, let's go Rock, let's go Austin, let's mm-hmm. go. Like, you don't hear that anymore, except for the when John Cena wrestled. Yeah, you'd well, get the Cena Cena sucks. sucks and, yeah, right. Let's go Cena. Cena sucks. Yeah. Uh, my third one would be Owens versus Cody. The shit talking power versus finesse. 
both men are willing to put their bodies through hell mm-hmm. to sell the story and to you know tell a story. But we won't be able to see that one for a year or so till Owen's contract's up. Uh, no, didn't he resign long term or was it a short term? For I don't. Owens? He didn't sound happy after WrestleMania. Uh, the Miz versus MGF. The shit-talking at its finest. I mean, they're both decent wrestlers. They could sell, but their promos would be worth the price of admission. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm Hollywood. You're fucking trash. You know, like, just going back and forth. And then Omega versus Rollins, I think, would be just five-star matches every time. Both have that similar build, <laughs> similar style. Arguably, the, both of them are the best wrestlers in the world. And they are. I like when Rollins wrestles because he put he tells that story. He shows he what he's sell. all about. It's just like when and I don't know if I'm being influenced by what I read online or whatever. But like when you look at faces and you look at when they're going through stuff, there's a look of frustration on there. Going like, I have to say this. I have to do this. It's not not that I want like that off the cuff stuff like The Rock can do and Austin could do. But give the guys a little freedom. Yeah, give them a little... Le- like, if they're supposed to say, you suck, you know, let him embellish it a little bit, you know? Like... Don't don't give them scripts and make them actors. Give them an outline and let them entertain. And that's what none of these guys can do anymore. It's it, and, and a lot of the things is, like, you, you can blow up on NXT, right? Because you give, you're given that freedom. And then when you get to the main roster, you're... Here... Here's your script. These, this is, you have this to say right, everything. Right. The writers want you to put these words into your mouth. Go. And it just doesn't work. Nope. So that's my AEW versus WWE feud. I also made some feuds that could help the WWE. <laughs> well, you mentioned recently, too, that Raw, uh, from a rating standpoint... Had the lowest... Raw, this week's ratings were the lowest ratings this year. What was it? From like a, like a, a high two all the way down to a mid one? It was a high two to just under two. Good Lord. And you can take sports and stuff out of the picture. We were having that conversation, but there's just a frustration out there. And I also think it's not just the fact that you're scripting or literally, and I'm not using that as a does wrestling scripted, but like you were scripting literally everything. Yeah. It doesn't feel like entertainment it doesn't just feel natural it, it doesn't flow it feels like you're watching a sitcom like a like a cheerleading competition where every flip move smile sad frown arm gesture Chore- is choreographed mm-hmm. and it's sad it's sad so some honorable mention feuds i have yeah um ec3 to finally give him something versus the miz have them have EC3, you know, doing his backstage, looking in the mirror. What's, I don't get what, what the solo cup thing I is. I was going to ask you, what is up with the solo cup? Because when I was briefly watching Raw on Monday, like he, they're all stuck in an elevator and him and his cup. I'm like, is is he trying to be like a mocked version of um, who is the guy in TNA that looked like the Jersey Boy guy? I totally forget his name. Holy shit. But whatever, like there, there was there's a guy in TNA that they made look like uh, one of the Jersey Shore characters, and that was his gimmick. Because I think he was from Jersey too. But I'm thinking that like he's trying to mimic off of that, and it's like it's stupid. Well, you have him be like, I'm the sexiest man. Like, go with the whole fucking Rick Martel, Bobby. I mean, oh, I uh, Rick one. Rude. 
kind of angle where, you know, you see him backstage and he's looking in the mirror. He's got his little solo cup and the Miz walks by and makes some fucking smart ass comment to him. And he throws his fucking cup in his face. Right. They walk away. Miz is with his wife. All she has to do is give a little look over her shoulder back to EC3. And that's it. That's, there's your feud. And then you show them next week where EC3 is sitting down somewhere with his again with his solo cup. And the Miz just freaking wraps him on the upside of the head with a chair. Just... And the, no, and no, he's sitting there, you know, with his solo cup. And he's talking to, what's her name, Marissa? The Miz's wife? Mm-hmm. Maurice. Maurice. And Miz walks by. What are you doing, blah, blah, blah. And again, EC3 fucking throws the cup of water in his face and walks away. The third week, he's standing there. The Miz walks by, or he calls the Miz. The Miz does his show. Mm-hmm. EC3 walks down to the ring. He's got his solo cup. Sits there. Miz says something he doesn't like. EC3, the cup is empty. Throws the cup like water in his face. The Miz fucking like acts like it's water. Like hit him, and you just see EC3 fucking laughing his ass off. Blah blah blah. And now you're showing like personalities. You're showing. Yeah. And it's a simple feud, just like you said, with Hogan and fucking Macho Man and Miss Elizabeth. How easy was that? It's it's it, it it's a rescripted thing with different entertaining characters. And then you lead to future things where Maurice or whatever her fucking name is, and EC three or you know, you see them backstage, uh da, 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 da. you know, they show a video from before she was pregnant mm-hmm. and you do the whole joking like are you sure that's your kid the way that when when what's his when Samoa Joe made that comment about the Mrs. Kid on Monday it, you can look on the Mrs. face he's like don't go there yeah it's like no I mean you, you can you can like well obviously it would be you know he would put it yeah I know but I, I think that the, the angle that you're talking about is good but I don't know if the Miz would want that just based off of what I saw, but it could have just been me over overthinking what I saw. Other honorable mentions, Cesaro and Orton, you know, both are great wrestlers. Cesaro makes a better heel than he does a face. Um, have him side or be the muscle for Vince and Shane instead of fucking Drew McIntyre and start a new movement of getting rid of the old wrestlers where Shane's going to be like, we're going to go through and get rid of these old guys that have been here for years. But the way they've put Shane now, it's weird. You look at Drew McIntyre; he's he was supposed to be on the up and up. Now he's a he's a lackey again. Yeah. Like well, that'll, that that I'm sure it's going to lead to a, a, those yeah. two having a match. Uh, yeah, and then you do the young versus old, the failing ratings. You know, blame it on the vets, the roster. Vince goes with the older guys. Triple mm-hmm. H goes with the younger guys. You know, base it on reality and have it. Like I said, that's another honorable mention. Uh, I said for Triple H's team, you would go with Strowman, Miz, Owens, Rollins, and Samoa Joe. By the way, if you look at Strowman, he's stunned down a lot. Yeah, he's Isn't getting it? jacked. Yeah. Then on the other side for Vince, you go with older guys. Roman, this is where his heel turn comes in. I finally want my shot at the title. Right. Like I'm, I'm going to side with the guy that has control. Lashley, he's been around. He's been a Vince guy. Brock has been a Vince guy. Orton's been a Vince guy. And then you throw Cesaro in there, and there's your your five on five. 
and you write this out to be a Survivor Series thing, exactly. like you mentioned. So other matches and that I would put together, here's my kind of top five. And remember, this is all for a ratings boost, yeah. right? Just to get the product refreshed. Well, getting you, people like me personally to, to rewatch watch. it again. Strowman versus Samoa Joe, both big, strong, agile guys for as big as they are. Um, they could sell a hard-fought feud, you know, the kind of feud that you don't need to know if they're really going to hurt each other. Like that one, like, I think he really hurt him there. Like, how many times have you watched wrestling in the last five years and been like, I think that dude's really hurt? I don't recall, but yeah, I mean, there there are certain things with like, well, with, with Becky Lynch's punch, size the point, but yeah. And then you end the feud in a no-holds-barred match. Let's Zeus ref it. <laughs> I can't make my eye move in one direction. Sorry. Uh, AJ versus Balor. Again, awesome. they're probably... AJ, Balor, and Rollins are probably your best technical wrestlers. Mm-hmm. So AJ Balor would be a great one. You could you have a, a backstory with the, the Bullet Club. You know, the fan reaction, they're booing, they're cheering in the same arena. It wouldn't matter who wins the match because the real fans would respect the fact that these guys are having five-star matches all of the time. And don't do it with the I respect you, you respect me. Well, that's that's like that's the AJ Styles gimmick. Like it's Yeah, well, then make him the face. Make Balor the bad guy. I, I think what Vince should do, too, with, with characters reference things from their past but they he'll never do he'll never acknowledge that there's any other wrestling on the fucking planet besides his but if, if you to do this aj and balor the fans get it and unless vince comes out and does something with it you're gonna have the fans screaming about the bullet club right, you're gonna hear bullet club and gonna... then you're gonna have to turn up the tv because they turn down the audience volume because vince doesn't want to hear about the bullet club you know what i mean well i mean they, they kind of hinted at it once that I saw, and it was the A.J. Orton angle where they were ripping on each other, where he was like, you're just, you're, you're, your finishing move is just the diamond cutter. And he's like, you're not original. And he's like, you want to talk about original? And he does the, like, the <laughs> too sweet sign yeah. from the click. So like they kind of acknowledge that there's, and for wrestling, I guess you would call us marks. Yeah. You know, like that's what we kind of want. We want them to acknowledge that these guys, but Vince won't do it. My third feud, a guy who I'm very high on. I think he's, he's got a, a good future if they put him in the right feud, and I haven't seen him wrestle other than... When he was with uh, Ricochet, right? Yeah. I haven't seen him wrestle, and he's been doing promos, like calling out people but not saying who he's calling out. I think Alster Black with his kind of dark emo... Emo... emo. Not emo. He's not a fucking mammal. <laughs> He's not Eeyore. Um, the Undertaker. Okay. And Bray Wyatt. You put the three of them in a feud. Almost torchy passing kind of. Yeah. Yeah. You know, like, even if you paired the Undertaker up with Aleister Black and had them fight Bray Wyatt and then have him turn on the Undertaker. Okay. You know, it, I get the dark aspect of it to, and, to, to push it. Yeah, right. And Black and, and Bray Wyatt would be able to carry most of those matches. You, get, you and you get the fact of you drop the Undertaker out and boom, there's your Alistair Black Bray Wyatt. Right. Going forward feud. Yeah. 
just think about that. Those three men, if you put The Undertaker with Black and have them go against Bray Wyatt, that is what? At least a month pay-per-view? Maybe a little more? And then you have Black turn on The Undertaker, not to join Bray Wyatt, but just because... Yeah, Alistair Black wants his time in the sun or in the spotlight. Right. It works. And it would give him a huge bump. And it would give him a lot of backstage cred. Because I don't think, uh, if you fight the Undertaker, the Undertaker, I don't think, cares about his, his, I'm the Undertaker. It's more of those, he respects the business enough to go, he knows that I'm at the end of the line. Right, I need People, to give someone the push. Yeah, and he do it. It's, it's, almost, it's almost like how Jericho is, too, yep. with, with the way he treats the, the young guys and, and all that kind of and stuff. And I would end it with a fucking buried alive match, and you bury the Undertaker. And then he gets into the... Um, uh, retirement thing of you 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 retire and you put it you put Mark Calloway in the Hall of Fame you put Mark Calloway in the Hall of Fame oh you mention him as the real name Calloway in the Hall well, of Fame if you're gonna do that I think Bray Wyatt has to be the guy that does it yeah all signs have pointed to him can, doing it to can can you do a three way buried alive match You'd, if that if that's the case, you do Aleister Black first, and you, the Undertaker is the last one to go. That's because that's how you end it. You can't dump the Undertaker first and then do a Aleister Black Bray Wyatt because then you lose the whole fact of well, what the f- you know. Right. So that and and I think honestly, as hacky and stupid as a bury the Undertaker to when he finally retires kind of match. No, that's what I want. Yeah. Because it goes with his stupid gimmick. And then you just don't don't do the whole fucking like lightning strikes the grave and you see the hand come like you're done. <laughs> yeah, you're yeah. done. It's it, it, it's almost like when Shawn Michaels super kicked Flair and pinned him. And I'm sorry, you know, he did the I'm sorry for super kicking him. And Perfect, like and it will fade to black. Do the whole you know Sopranos ending for that. <laughs> <laughs> My second one, which would be just a fucking spot fest. Yes, Ricochet. Versus Daniel Bryant versus Nakamura versus fucking Ali. Is that what he's going by now? I have no idea, but is he? That's um, Charlotte Flair's. Uh... No, that's the other guy. Oh, the Andrea. Yeah. No, Ali's the little Middle Eastern dude. He's a high flyer. Okay. He, he comes out in like the fucking Sub Zero mask. Uh, yes. Okay. Um, Ricochet's awesome. Ricochet is a really, really good wrestler. He's good on the mic. Yes. Okay. I think it's just. I think he just needs the time. I think that like the tidal wave behind him is pushing him too quick. Yeah, he needs a feud where you'd expect him to lose, and I don't mean like a he beats Braun Strowman kind of feud. I mean like him fighting Daniel Bryan, and where him. you would expect Daniel Bryan to win, and he wins. Um, you make Daniel Bryan the heel, talking shit about indie stars. That you should him being one, yes, right, and you know all of you indie stars doing this, and and then Nakamura saying I don't speak English. Yeah. You could put him in for comedy, but he's a good wrestler. He's a good wrestler, yes. Right, you give these men the, f- the freedom to tell their own story in the ring. You don't make it fucking scripted. You know, like you don't sit there and go, "All right, Nakamura is going to go with his kick. You're going to duck. You're going to go into Daniel Bryan's kick. Go down." Ali's going to do some flip. I mean, Ricochet's going to do the flip off the top rope like like TNA used to be when they had their X Division matches. 
and then you end it with a four-man elimination match. And it doesn't matter who the fuck wins in that. No, as long as you can put on a good match. That's all that matters. Yeah. And then my number one feud is, well, I don't know why they haven't done this one yet. This is definitely a WrestleMania feud. I think the only thing that hurts Owens is the fact that he, like, he's fat. I know he's athletic, he's a great, everything works, and then you look at him and you go, he's the every guy. But see, like, they don't make fun of that. That's what needs to be put in there. Like, Rollins needs to make fun of Owens. Like, Hey, Tubby. Hey, Chubbs. <laughs> you, you want a razor? You want, a, you want another joke for him? He walks into the locker room and Kevin Owens is like putting on a shirt or whatever and fucking Rollins throws him a bra. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Right? Okay. And it just keeps, he keeps calling him chubby, but they'll never do that because of bullying. Which, which is always a funny conversation to have about wrestling and they're anti-bullying yet what do they do? Right. But Owens Rollins, I, I, yeah, I would darker Rollins, you know, with his... I'm fed I'm being, up. Kinda, yeah. I'm fed up of being looked over. I wasn't even on the WrestleMania roster. You know, you have their clashes in style where Owens is powerful. Rollins is fast. Um, they both could talk on the mic and carry a promo. Another feud that Vince should have zero fucking input on because both of these guys have been around long enough to know exactly what the fans would want. Or what to do, period. Right, and they have they both know how to sell. You take Sami Zayn out of the fucking picture. Like, that whole Sami Zayn, Kevin Owens thing, take him out of the picture. All you need is Owens to grab the mic and say, I'm tired of being overlooked. I'm not leaving this ring until... So you do well, you basically do what he's always been, always done, but actually follow through with oh, yeah. more, of the char- more of that character of it. Because... With Owens, it's more of just like like you, you, you lit the firecracker and you walked away and you didn't hear anything. Like the, He starts it up and then that's it. They, the way they write it, it's like that's it. There's nothing, you know? Right, and then you have a WrestleMania match between these two and, and Owens wins the belt. He gets his yeah. WrestleMania moment. At some point, he needs, he needs a strap on I mean, he's shirt. had it, but like... He just needs oh. to go dark and, and needs, scream and yell. He needs prime time TV feud minutes, not fucking walking around with Sami Zayn and doing stupid matches where Sami Zayn's the ref. Like, I can get the Sami Zayn character. I really can. It's just... Uh... It just reminds me of a cheap Kurt Angle making fun of the town he's in. I, I know I know there's more to to um Mortem than than what they're showing because I, it has to be why why did Sami Zayn's name get so popular that the WWE needed to sign him the same with like Raw uh, Owens the same with like AJ and and all the guys in New Japan all that kind of stuff there's a reason they signed them yeah and then they Use get it. they get sent here and they get handcuffed you're a bunch of farging ice holes that's what i think Bunch of farting assholes. You have violated my farting rights. <laughs> if you know that movie that we're talking about right now, I want you to tweet us at HSSK Podcast for a prize. 
What's the price? I don't know. We'll okay. let them know. Okay. We'll let them know, he says. <laughs> maybe maybe it's a Nico Heischer t-shirt. Maybe it's a signed Andre Lakhtianov puck. <laughs> you trying to get rid of your shit? <laughs> no, no. Maybe it's a Christoph Oliwa jersey. <laughs> Shut up. No, I ain't giving that up. Hi, Sticks and Super Kicks podcast, folks. Your home for the perfect blend. Hockey and professional wrestling with your pals, Rob and Dave. You can go to hsskpod.com. Find us on the Facebook. Find us on the Twitter, hsskpod. Download us on iTunes or whatever Apple Music product you prefer. Podbean, Google Play, Spotify, Player FM. It's on the interwebs, folks. It definitely is. Episode 40. We are now 40 years young. Just like us. Well, what do we have looking forward to in, in the coming weeks? We have we have the next, next week. Next week we'll be doing the day of the draft, but hours before it. Uh, yeah, maybe. We have we have another wrestling thing. Yes. And we- and then and then the show kind of tails off into the summer, like like what's his name does to his cabin. Oh, Uncle Bob. Yeah, Mr. Bob McKenzie takes a takes a. We'll do a we'll holiday. Do <laughs> a post draft show. Sure. We'll do next week. I think next week we'll do. We'll do quickly who won the awards, and then we'll do our wrestling, all wrestling. Yeah. Okay. And then the week after that, we'll do our post draft, and then we'll go every other week. Give Some, or take. The summer will be interesting for your pals Rob and Dave, whether it be here or there or elsewhere. It shall be fun. But um, as always, as this part of the show wraps up, Roman Hammerlick. <laughs> Maybe we should do a fucking ridiculous name, NHL names. Uh, I don't know. Maybe one of these days. Hey, Dave. You got any advice for them schmucks out there? Advice? Wow. Toodles? <laughs>